Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. When we're thirsty, something to drink. And when we get what we want and it feels so good, now we're fine. That describes well what hungering and thirsting for righteousness is about. And Jesus said, those are the blessed people. To some degree or another, and every one of us to a different degree, you are here today because you have a spiritual thirst. We talked about a little bit in our class this morning about the hunger that we have for God. There's something in our lives, there's just something about us that cries out for more. This world is not all that there is. There's something else out there. And every single person has something implanted in them by God that makes them have a draw in that way. They don't all know what it is. And even those of us who do don't always feel it the way God would have us do. But we have a thirst. You have a spiritual longing. You have something in your life that is only right when there's a spirit of you that's being cared for. There are so many things that fall into that category. We've been discussing them this year under the topic, Drink for Spiritual Life. And now we come to one that sounds negative. But in fact, if we can learn this lesson, life becomes much more peaceful, not so chaotic, not always on a roller coaster ride. When I say, when we talk about not being offensive, we're talking about what we do. What do I do? How do I react to other people? But when we talk about not being offended, about how do I respond to other people when they do things that are offensive? So we have two thoughts for the day. This morning, let us think about what it means and how do we have a life that is not offensive to people. And then tonight, let's think about how do we respond when people are offensive to us? How can I learn? What does it mean? And how do I handle times of offensiveness. But for this morning, turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and you can leave it there and consider a few things with me. I want to begin by noticing that the context of this chapter leaves us four, at least, four great principles for life. 
And if we use these principles, they handle all parts of our lives. Look at verse number 23. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. The first principle is this. Always do what is lawful, but also do what edifies. There are lawful things, appropriate things, authorized things that we can do, but in the moment they don't edify and build up anybody. And so Paul says, don't just think about being lawful, also think about edifying. Look at verse 24. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. If you want to have a less chaotic life, if you want to drink from the spiritual rock, here's a principle. The principle is seek others' well-being. Don't just be selfish and think about yourself. Live a life that includes the well-being of others. Now we come to our text, already read, verse 31. Everything to God's glory, no matter what it is, if it is to the glory of God, it certainly is good. But if it is not something that glorifies God, then it is something set aside. But the final one, and we will focus on this one in verse 32, give offense. To no one. That's going to be our text for this day. That's the verse that we are going to concentrate on. We're going to think about today what does it mean not to give offense? What does it mean to live a life where I am trying not to offend people? Now, I understand, and you do too, that people are going to be offended. No matter what we do, people will still be offended. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about doing our job, our responsibility. What can I do to live a less offensive life? Well, let's begin with this idea. The word offense is a word that means don't throw something in the pathway of another person that they might kick against it while they're walking. Literally, that's where the word is. So somebody's walking along and all of a sudden you throw a rock in front of them and they kick the rock and they stumble. That's the idea of this verse. So what are we saying? We're going to talk about for a few minutes, how can I live in such a way that I don't just throw something in the path of somebody that they might kick with their feet and stumble because I threw it there? 
Now that's our thought for today. Notice how Paul addressed it. He said, Don't give offense either to Jews, to Gentiles, or to the church. Now, Paul had already addressed that idea in a passage probably more familiar to you. If you back up probably one page in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 19. Paul said, For though I am free from all men, yet I have made myself servant of all. To the Jews I became a Jew that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as being under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, I became as without law, though not being without law to Christ, so that I might win those who are without law. To those who are the weak, I became as weak that I might win the weak. Notice then how he closes it. I have become all things to all men that by all means I might save some. Paul had this same thing in mind that we just read in verse 32. Paul said, I lived a life in front of the Jews so that I might win them. And I lived a life in front of those without law, Gentiles, so that I could win them. And I lived a life in front of weak, Christians, so that I could help them. Now, be careful. Paul was not saying, in order to win them, I discarded Christianity and practiced Judaism. That's not the point. Paul did not say, those people who live without any law, those Gentile people, I did not practice lawlessness in order to win them. And those who are weak in the Lord's church, I didn't cast off my spiritual maturity so that I could win them. That's not his point. But there is a point that he is making that helps him to identify with these people. Let's look at these three groups and consider how you and I can live a life that is not offensive to them. Now, the context of 1 Corinthians 10, where he says, don't be offensive, we have to make sure we're on the same page. Here's what's going on in chapter 10. Many times... In that time, they would shop in the market for fresh food. 
when we went out to, we were in Seattle, and we got to go to that famous market where all of the fish are, where all of the things are. And it's you sit there and you go, I want that one and I want that one. And you might barter back and forth and you might say, oh, I don't want to pay that much. And, and you sort of get what you want. Well, that's what they did. And so they went down to the markets to get their food. Well, what would happen if they to a guy who said, here, I've already cooked this meat. It's ready to eat. I cooked it in sacrifice to my idol God. There were Jewish people, rightfully so, who were so upset, so disdaining of anything that looked like idol worship. Oh, they would be totally offended at a guy who would say that. There were Gentiles who couldn't understand what's the problem. This is our life. We are people and they just were. They were pagan. They just practiced all kinds of pagan religion, sacrificing to one God or another, and it didn't matter to them at all. Never gave it a thought. And then there were Christians who were weak. They had recently given themselves to Jesus. Most of them maybe had been, well, I'd say most, Jews and Gentiles converted. And those weak Christians, some of whom just couldn't get past the idea, I can't eat that. Eat. This has been sacrificed to an idol God. I just can't do it. And these new, weaker, Gentile, former Christians are now saying, well, I mean, I can do it. And so I'll just jump right in, no problem at all. And Paul is mediating between the two. And he's saying, don't you be offensive. So let's consider these three groups and make application for our day. Number one. Don't be offended to the Jewish people. Paul said, listen, they are firmly set. They are really sure about this idol thing. And as Christian people, because he had said, it's not a problem. As it pertains to God's law, there is no law against eating that meat, even if it had been sacrificed to an idol by someone else. You're not worshiping the idol when you eat the meat. For a Christian, it's okay. But for a Christian to live a non-offensive life in those Jewish people, you are a Christian, they are not, then you better not eat that in front of them. Because you shut the door on future teaching. Well, how does that apply to me? I think Paul is saying, don't be offensive to your religious neighbors. Sometimes Christian people can be offensive in their religious life. 
In the same way that Paul was saying to these people, these Christians, don't you offend those people in another faith setting. He's telling that to you and me. We have to be careful about our religious neighbors. Because Paul said, I want to save some. If Christian people live hypocritically in front of their religious neighbors, what will that do? That might not personally offend them, but it offends them as it relates to what we understand is the truth of God's Word. They now are offended at the Word because we claim it, but we live this. And now they could accuse us of being hypocrites. And who wants... To be hypocrites. I know Christians who have left the faith claiming that there are hypocrites there and they don't want to be there. And Paul is saying, you're going to offend them, turn them off, stump, throw something in their path, they will stumble and not open their Lord if you live hypocritically. Here's another one that maybe you haven't thought about. It's tough to know how to do it in every detail. But I think we can throw something in the path of our religious neighbors that causes them to trip and not open a door for future discussion. If we disagree, if we have a problem with them, even in things we agree just because they are in another religion. Some of us went on Thursday night to what was in fact a, an ecumenical, that is a bringing together of various religious leaders to have other two other religious leaders talk to us about how should churches deal with transgender issues? How should churches deal with the critical race theory? Now what if I say, all of those religious people and I agree on those topics. But because you're not, I'm not going to come and I'm not going to listen to you. That would be offensive, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that throw something in their pathway that says, wait a minute. We already agree on this. We can talk about the things which we disagree, but first, don't we agree on this? We need to be open 
to our religious neighbors in ways in which we both agree with the expectation or hope or desire to have future discussions about things we don't agree. Number two, be careful not to be offensive to the Gentiles. Now, these Gentiles who had no problem at all eating this meat that had been sacrificed to idols, they might want you to say, hey, come on, participate with me. Come on and have this. And there are others sitting around who can't do it. And Paul says to these Christians, don't you sit there and do that with them. In other words, you need to be careful with your non-religious neighbors. To those Gentiles, don't you just go over there and part with them and have fun with them and set aside your Christian principles and just to say, see, I'm with you. That's not how we operate. I'm religious neighbors. We need to be that very way. Set aside our faith. In order to get along. We don't just take what we think is truth and throw it off to the side just so we can wrap our around more people. But if I'm going to, if I offend my non-religious neighbors... I might by mocking their religion, making fun of them. No one wants to be mocked. No one made fun of. And we should be the kinds of people who don't judge to those people. Oh, get over it. Your religion is bad. You need to come here. I know. Personally, because I was there. After the assembly, I was standing in the lobby, and a visitor had come from another religious group, and one of the men met him. And he said, And you're from here? Yeah. I go to such and such church and the response of this member in that church was well you know they're wrong and you can't be right till you come here what do you think the chances are that getting back what is the chance that we have an open door now to help that guy zero because that's offensive. It doesn't dismantle my truth if I don't just punch them in the nose with truth. We can't be people who offend our non-religious neighbors by force-feeding, by degrading, and by them because they're not like us. Third, Paul talks about the church. 
He talks about, I think he's talking about the weak. He's talking about Christians who might be weaker and might be offended. Now, maybe the vast majority of Christians don't get offended that easily. So we're going to talk about those things tonight. But think about weaker Christians for a minute. Paul is telling Corinthians, if you person over here, that the Bible has no problem with us eating that meat. But personally, they have a problem with eating that meat. Why? Why would you do it in front of them? Why would you invite them to your house and serve them the very meat that you purchased in the marketplace and they know it? That's We can offend weaker members of the Richmond Church of Christ. We could offend weaker members by expecting them to be fully mature mature too quickly. We need to give people time to grow. We need to give time to learn and to understand. And, and yet you expect them, the minute they come out of the water, they're Christians, and now they're good and solid, and they don't have any problems, and they're not going to make any mistakes of words that they say that are not quite right, or references to things that are not quite right. We can offend them in their lack of spiritual maturity. We can offend weaker Christians if we mock them for where they are or where they have been, I can't believe ever did that. And yet, don't you and I all have things in the closets of our lives that we don't want anybody else to know about? lest they mock us. And we could offend weak Christians if we just overlook them. It's sad to hear someone say, well, I've been in that church for a year. And somebody said, are you new here? Oh, I get it. The people on this side don't know the people on that side. I get it. Someone suggested sometime that we ought to have everybody flip and be sit in a different place. But I know what will happen. This group will sit over there, and that group will sit over there, and these two will swip, and you still don't know each other. But for us to overlook them... We all have friends here. We have people special. Whether we want to see them. But if we don't take the time to notice those new, weaker, younger, unnoticed people, we're throwing something in their path that they will stumble over. And we lose an opportunity for an open door. Paul said, give no offense to anyone. Not to your religious neighbors. 
not to your non-religious neighbors, and not to your brethren who are weak. And if we learn to think that we don't want to be offensive before we think or act further, say or act further, we will be drinking from the spiritual rock that not only will lives, but the lives and the life of this entire church. It's a great that God reached out to us when we had offended him. When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Today, if you need Jesus in your life, coming into his family, being born again, or coming back to a more faithful life in his presence. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.